Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Living With Lost podcast. Today I'm joined by Mr. Sammy Peterman. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Um, obviously, it's been very sunny out recently, which I've been fucking loving. Shouldn't have wore jeans. I think we <laughs> both made that mistake. Very, very rookie. <laughs> I'm sweating my tits off, mate. It's, it's, not, um, it's not ideal, but um, we move and... Yeah, hopefully we'll have a very nice chat, which I'm looking forward to. So, um, yeah, mate, uh, let's just get started. So yeah. who are we talking about today? And yeah, just share a bit of their story and we'll sort of go from there sort of thing. Uh, we'll talk about my late father, I get or my late father. Um, he died when I was very young. So I think for a lot of people, what I have seen in this podcast, we've kind of lost a parent a bit, you know, around the age of 10 and onwards. Yeah. So I guess it's a bit different for me. I dealt with loss a little bit differently because I was very young. Yeah. So, you know, as a kid, I'm constantly asking, where is he? When's he coming home? Why is he not home? Yeah. His car's here. Um, and obviously it was so long ago that I've kind of numbed it out, I guess. But as I've gotten older, I've learned to deal with it. But at the same time, I also, I'd never talk about it. It's something no, that I've not. kind of just, occasionally I'll come out with something like a nice memory or, I don't know, just something that made me think of him or the situation. But it's, I guess I have numbed it out. And even with a ton of therapy, yeah. it's still hard for me to actually speak about it out loud. Of course. Why, you know, maybe I thought I'd come on this podcast and yeah. help anyone who's going yeah. through the same thing I can. Um, you know, make a bit, make light of a situation. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, one of the things you you said was how a lot of, of course, this is a podcast, uh, not tailored, but you know, most a lot of the my guests I've had on is is about young bereavement. But yeah. There, like you said, there is a scope. It's kind of been ten and onwards. Like you know, sometimes a bit younger. But uh, I mean, what what age did you lose your father? So I was four, nearly five. Yeah. Um, but I still, so sometimes when I mention it, I kind of think I was so young, it's not fair for me to kind of grieve about it because people, you know, if you lose a parent from, I don't know, eight or onwards, you know, at this age, yeah, it's hard to remember a time when you were that young, but it's still there. It's still a lot worse. And a a kid needs, you know, they need their parents' guidance. So for me, yeah. You know, my mum was amazing. One of the best women I've ever known. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic during my childhood. Did absolutely everything she could for me and my two sisters. Um, of course, my younger brother came a little bit down the line. But yeah. originally when it was just me and my two sisters and my mum, you know, she did yeah. everything in her power to make sure that we were happy, healthy, um, living a good life. Yeah. But, you know, at an age like that, girls need a mum. And boys need a dad. Yes, of course. And obviously, because I my whole life I've lived in a house. Of, I've been the only male. I've always yeah. been the only male. Um, so, you know, it, it's things were hard at times. Yeah. You know, I've I've never really had a proper male role model or like a how do you put it like a, a father figure. Yeah. I've never. I, I've known some great men like yeah, uh, like Jamie Simpson like. Yeah. Alan Bamberg, yeah, God rest his soul. Um, but I've never truly have. I've never had anyone teach me how to shave, you know. Yeah, get dating advice. Yeah. So, and as a, when you're a boy as a kid, I, I don't know about others, but for me, I always felt 
awkward talking to my mum or my sisters about, you know, girls or just anything I would go through that I need a father. Like, yeah. I can't ask my mum, how do I shave my face when yes, I'm super young? Because it's, it's. I'm sure she And as much know. as she would help you, she, yeah. she doesn't understand. And, and even if she does, it's just, it's not the same. It, yeah. So, you know, I had people here and now obviously helped me out with a ton of different things. But in the end, I taught myself how to shave. I had to look up dating advice, you know, yeah. everything. Most things I've done, I guess, has been through self-teaching. Yeah. And of course, if I don't know something and I can't teach myself, then I will go out of my way to find yeah. someone who can teach me. I see no shame yeah. in that. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's very, it, it's it's been hard, I yeah. guess, you know, having to kind of father myself at times, Yeah. especially when, you know, I'm 23 now, but when I was a kid, I didn't know what I was doing, no. you know. In school, I had major anxiety, but I never realized it was anxiety until about three, four years ago. Didn't have a clue. Um, so, yeah, it was hard, but yeah. I did the best I could. My mum did the best she could. Yeah. My sisters have always been there for me, always are. Whenever I need anything, they're there without fail, but they're still women. Yeah. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with that, but... <laughs> that came across terribly. <laughs> no, I, no, no. Men. No, I... Men, I, Listen, no, it's, it's... I completely understand, and, you know, my situation is slightly different, of course, you know, um, and how I don't have m my, my mother, but from an emotional standpoint... That is something I need. Like, that is yeah. something how, you know, maybe so much a father can't give, you know, whereas a father is more practical in a sense, you know, losing losing mum and not having that element of emotional kind of, well, a real emotional understanding is yeah. difficult. So I, so I completely understand, you know, there are certain things that, that a father, um, you know, certain things that a father can teach that, you know, you really, you know, well, it, it's not miss out on it. It's it's just isolating. And I think, you know, a lot of what you're you're talking about is that element of isolation, you know, growing up yeah. with like that, that empty seat at the table, growing up without, you know, your... I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's lonely. And, you know, yeah. I, can't, I can't begin to think at, at such a young age before, you know, before even school. It, it must have been something that... You like? Ha could you talk about it over the years? Is that something you were able to discuss? It was always numbed out. I, so I do remember starting school at the age of uh, God, I must be four or five, and I still have vivid memories of me screaming and kicking because I don't want to go to school. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, there's at the time, my mum had I lost a father, but my mum had just lost a husband. Of course, and she had three kids to take care of. Yeah. So. You know, what was she supposed to do? It was very, very hard for her. She did everything she could, but as a parent does, she just had to send me off to school. Mm. You're not just shit me off, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but she'd reassure me, you know, yeah. things would be okay, etc. And for the most part, my childhood was good. Yeah, it wasn't sure. at all terrible, you know. No. I would... Most... I was a socially good kid. I had friends. At home, I was on my PlayStation 2 or on my DS pretty much 24-7. Yeah. Um, but... Without, yeah, I, I numbed it out for a while. Yeah. I, I've even to this day, I very rarely speak about it. I yeah. every year 
I put a post on Instagram or Facebook, whatever social media yeah. it is at the time, on the 20th of May, which is the day he died. Okay. I'll always put a post. Every now and again, I thought about just not doing it because I don't want that attention. I just, I don't want, at, at that time, that is. Like, yeah. I don't want... I don't know. It's just not something... I felt like just not doing it before, but I do out of respect. Of course. I mean, do you know what I think about um, birthday posts? And it's something I kind of... No, not struggled... Not struggled to get my head around that. It's kind not, of it wrong. wasn't his birthday post. I do occasionally for oh, birthday oh, posts. Oh, his... The, yeah. the day of his oh, death. Okay, fine. I know in, uh, in... We call it a yurt site, I think it's called. Okay. But I don't think there's actually a word... No, it's just death anna I get anniversary. Death anniversary. Like it's not yeah. not well, I don't anniversary kind of sounds pleasant. Yeah. But, um, I wouldn't call it that. Death anniversary. Yeah. It's just <laughs> one of those things where it's like I guess a day like that, you know, for, for the world kind of sees, oh, oh, this is something, you know, Sammy or, or Joe's experiencing, but this is our every day. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not something that pops up once a year, oh, okay. You know, this is the twenty um, third of October, which is the day Mom passed. You know, it's, uh, this, that's not the day where oh, okay, all the grief, the emotions come back, and f- suddenly, like everyone's like, oh, I, I understand why he's. Yeah. This is this is a twenty four seven thing. This is a thing Trust. where you wake up in the morning and there, there could be a slight trigger, and you know, you're you you pass a family going to to I don't know the movies or whatever on the weekend or I don't know movies because I went to see a movie last <laughs> night. But um, <laughs> once you pass a family, I don't know. But do you know what I mean? There could be a sight scenario and it just emphasizes the idea that yeah. your world I mean whatever a normal world is your your is anything but there, there, there's always the element yeah. missing um you know whether that that and you know it's it's not you know yes you're missing a father but also like you said you're missing your shaving advice you're missing just the advice I would have needed as a kid growing up yeah. as a boy growing up you know now I'm 23. I've been bemitzvahed. I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> but there's plenty of advice I still would love. I still would need. And I guess at 23 years old, it's a bit late to kind of find a father figure. I mean, I've, which I don't keep quiet about anymore. I go to therapy. Um, and I tried therapy when I was maybe 15 or 16. Hated it. Apps, but I don't think therapy works on kids. When I turned 20, I started going to therapy again because I just wasn't in a great place. Yeah. And, you know, I hated the first couple of sessions. I ditched the third one. By the eighth session, I'm skipping in. You know, I'm so yeah. excited yeah, to of genuinely course. Of course. go and learn about something new about myself. Yeah. And you have to get along with the therapist to truly get the benefits out of it yeah. and really, you know, give it your all. Not sitting there half assed just being there because you were forced to be by someone. Yeah. But the therapist that I go to, he has kind of been like a father figure to me. He, in the sense that he's the one that gives me advice now on pretty much everything, you know, anything that I'm feeling at the time. And that was something I truly needed. And do I still need therapy now? Maybe not. But I go to it because I think therapy is one of the greatest things on this earth. And I think every single human being needs therapy without, even if they think they have no problem, it would change their life. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very, very interesting. And, you know, um, one of the the things I was going to bring up was actually therapy. Um, And I don't know if there's any particular reason. There's no real reason when I bring up things. I just kind of, um, I guess, yeah, it's something that came, came up and from what I've kind of noticed is how 
Um, I, I wouldn't say 50-50 it is. I mean, I think more people um, accept the idea of therapy, but there are It's still, definitely quite 50-50. Yeah. There's and, and a few I, factors to actually enjoying it and benefiting from it. Most definitely. I, 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 don't, I think one of the, uh, uh, you know, a factor that, uh, a significant factor is you have to find that relationship. A yeah, relationship 100%, that you really... Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one thing that can be a turn-off from therapy, like, you know, automatically going to see someone and they're not being recorded. there. This guy was a prick. He's, just, he's not and being just, understanding. Yeah. He's condescending. It's, I'm out. It, therapy wasn't for me. And it just turns you off from the idea that all, all therapy will be that yeah. way. But it's just like anything. That's not therapy. That's just it, this condescending man who isn't understanding yeah. or woman who isn't understanding to my current situation. So clearly... This is the wrong therapist. Yeah. I should try a new one. Yeah. Don't give up on therapy. That's one thing I'll say. Yeah. But it changed my life, genuinely. So what about, what is it about therapy? Is it because, like, when you, when you would necessarily go there, do you kind of realize more about yourself or is it you kind of come, like, accept more? Because one thing I kind of find from these conversations, and I kind of say they are somewhat like therapy in the sense that you're... This is very therapeutic. Yeah. Talking out loud and getting advice from others is kind of therapy in itself. But yeah. the true thing to therapy is, I guess, learning about yourself. Yeah, yeah. And fixing what you want to be fixed. Spot on. And yeah. I think that's something from these conversations that I've really kind of nurtured are when you do discuss with someone you know and you know they they raise an issue um you kind of think about it because you don't like when you when you talk and when you kind of rationalize what you're experiencing that's when you kind of think about okay this is this has actually been a deep-rooted problem and this is why i'm doing that and you don't like it's hard to really actually think about that you without yeah you can think of things over and over and over again but once you say it out loud is when it truly you'll understand something or think about something in a bit more depth i yeah. guess because thinking you're just talking to yourself over and over again the second you say it out loud and say it to someone else it's just i don't know it's, 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 it's almost different. like you've accepted it's this is something we kind of need to challenge yeah you know um and i think ultimately you know pe- when people go to therapy it's 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 something they have to be ready for it's something you did touch on you you know you yeah. can't you have to want it and when you do want it and the the benefits will come but also i do find you know therapy comes in many different ways whether that is going to the gym or any kind of what i say therapeutic i guess we can linger on that word but it's the idea of just training your mind to kind of be be okay and kind of um you know, it just deal with all your the like the the struggles because there are a lot. I mean, in, in this day and age, I'm really going on a ramble here, but you know, I'm listening, bro. <laughs> the you know, mental health is a huge. Um, it's know. one of the most important things to me, mental health, yeah. like genuinely. Yeah, and how, so how do you deal with your my mental health? That's why I started therapy. My mental yeah. health was in absolute shambles do you find it overlaps with your grief or is it it's its own separate uh the things you experience that is a good question i don't it's a bit of the same sometimes i think you know would my mental health have been in such shambles a little while back if i hadn't have lost my father at such a young age because things that happen to you when you're a kid you it might not seem like it but they are deep roots to a problem that will occur when you're much older yeah and you know the certain way you are or you act will eventually come down to how you were treated as a kid, certain yeah. events that happened as a kid, because the trauma is still there, but it's so deep down that you literally, 
you, you barely remember it. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's weird. Do I think it's the same? A little bit. Sometimes I think, would my, would my life have turned out this way had my father been alive this whole time? Probably not. Probably would have been very, very different. Yeah. But I'm not You can't unhappy. think in that mindset. This yeah. Is... It, thinking of that mindset is not going to get me anywhere. <laughs> Feeling sorry for myself isn't going to get me anywhere. But sometimes you do need to feel sorry for yourself to find that motivation to get off your ass. Yeah. That's why I hate it when people say, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself, get up. You need to feel sorry for yourself because you're the only person who's going to find that motivation. Yeah. If you don't feel sorry for yourself, you're not, I guess, pushing. It. it sounds silly, but you're not pushing towards anything yeah. in a sense. Yeah, I mean, that, that phrase, you know, um, the idea about just getting up when, you know, you're feeling low, it's just it's completely wrong in a nutshell you know, yeah. when you are whether it is grieving or <clears throat> you know experiencing like mental health problems I just <laughs> got a bit of a cough but <clears throat> during know? this time no just but um it's because I'm talking but um yeah it's one of those things where you can't <laughs> just snap out or you know when you are in a deep-rooted depression or you are you know you are heavily grieving to the idea of pick yourself up and it's not an attainable target and it's it, the mindset of you know it, it's i've kind of learned to appreciate you know the little the small little yeah. successes i experience you know yeah. whether um whether that is you know I, i'm not someone who, who i'm not experiencing that many kind of but the, the the things that I do experience and the, the the small successes you find are things you've just got to reward yourself. Yeah. You know, going to the gym or if it is going to therapy, that is a success in a nutshell, and you have to reward yourself for that. Baby steps, man. Yeah. I've always said people. Baby steps is so important because if you're on a diet, you cutting out all of that crap like people tend to do, and then just eating healthy, that does not work because you're cutting out. I mean, you know what? Sometimes it can work. Some people can do it. You know, yeah. I did it with, when I stopped smoking weed, for instance, yeah. I just cut, I didn't cut down. I just stopped smoking it the next day. And I now haven't smoked it for two years because I just don't want to. But baby steps is so important because it's how your body and your mind gets used to things slowly and slower. And yeah. so the things that you're trying to change becomes normal. So when I first started going to the gym, I was getting a bit big at the time. I was very unhappy, wasn't doing much. And I just looked myself in the mirror and I was like, I'm so not happy with this. I'm not doing anything today. Got myself down to the gym, joined it immediately. I started going to the gym maybe twice or three times a week. Now I go four to five times a week just because I feel bad if I don't go. It's very, yeah. it's a mental, it's a mental thing, but like mentally it's so good for me. And I, I've put this on an Instagram post before, but anyone who is feeling low, the gym really changes that, genuinely. Yeah. It won't at the beginning. You've got to find your, yeah. you know... Footing. Find your footing, but it helps. I forget the question. I mean, to be honest... On. No, to be honest, <laughs> mate, that's the beauty of this. Like, I, to be honest, baby I probably... Baby steps, that was it. Yeah, baby yeah. steps. But um, something I do want to go back to is because obviously we kind of brushed a bit over, yeah. you know, your, your father's passing and... Uh, I kind of want to understand a bit more about him and, you know, what it was that he passed from. So he passed from leukemia. 
which I believe is uh, is cancer, but it's where it mainly affects the blood. I could be wrong on that. Um, admittedly, I've just never really bothered to actually look yeah. into it, which maybe is something I should do, but I just haven't. Uh, so he was he had cancer for about leukemia for about two years, I think. So my main memories of him is him being ill. Um, I do remember a lot of things. I remember swimming lessons. I refused to. I refused to let anyone else take me in the pool except for him. I remember him coming home from the hospital for the first time when I don't know if he was in remission, but he was better to come out of hospital. Yeah. I remember when he not first lost his hair, but I remember him with hair. I remember him without hair through the chemo. Yeah. Um, I was young, but there are definitely things I remember. Uh, so yeah, it was leukemia. And are those are those memories? Do they you know are they just quite poignant in your mind? And do they just or have they kind of faded over time a little bit? Because they, they always come up every now and again. And every now and again, I will you know something you just unlock a memory if that makes sense. It's something you haven't thought yeah, about in years course. just pops into your head, which yeah. did happen for me quite recently. Um, I do tend to not think about him. Because he was a great man. His memory always live on. But me, you know, I'm 23 now. He died 19 years ago. Me thinking, oh, you know, what would life be like had he been alive this whole time? That's not going to get me anywhere. No. And if it's going to get me anywhere, it's going to get me downhill, not uphill. Okay. Um, do I think about him? Yeah. Yeah. More so recently than I ever have. Just because as I've been getting older, again, there is advice that I guess I need. And I, for the first time in my life, I've actually been trying to deal with it, I guess. Yeah. Because it's always been numbed out, whether that was through uh, smoking or drinking or just, just being, I don't know, being sociable. You know, just yeah. so many things to distract you from your actual problem. Um, but... Now is when I'm really trying to like come to terms with yeah. these things. I mean, that's not easy. It's Coming not, to man, terms with not, anything yeah, is not an easy true. touch. Do you know what I mean? But that's it, where therapy comes in. Yeah. Because sitting at home thinking about it alone isn't going to get me anywhere. No. I mean, I, I obviously, I, I do, I write and I've kind of found a lot of comfort in writing. Mm. But had I not found writing, you know, I guess, and it, I would have been a bit lost. And, it, you know, it's it's hard to really come to terms with what you're because it's it's traumatic it's upsetting it, is, it yeah. you know no one wants to go through life you know there's there's so much attention on happiness and you know living your best life but you know when your best life is without the person you know yeah, your father truly it, 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 it's detrimental it you know it's, yeah. it's it's so there's no you know we don't give enough attention to really facing our problems because it's 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 a sadness and it's a deep-rooted pain and anguish that we don't really want to it's not so much we don't want to deal with, but it's it's there's so much pain, and you know even even when I do think of Bob and I, I get times where, and I, I usually find it's when I'm it's kind of late at night. Um, I always kind of find when I'm late at night, late at night, and I'm kind of just you know in my bed. I don't know. It's been a long day. I've been working or whatever, and then I'm just looking at photos. I'm reading chats. I kind of find that is when I get emotional. most emotional. Yeah, you know, it's, understandably, it's not when I'm, you know, someone's like, oh, um, you look so much like your mum, or... It's the time you spend by yourself, or yeah. maybe with 
having a proper deep-rooted chat with someone. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably when I get most emotional. But I don't really... I don't know. I stopped getting emotional. It, it's just, it got numbed out for so long. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to stop because it's yeah. something that I truly believe I need to work on, you know, accept, face it. Yeah. And again, that's where therapy comes in. But I, I know what you mean about it, getting emotional by it. Just it, reading chats and genuinely spending time on your own. Because that's when you think most. Each thing is, is significant. And, you know, I know you have an older older sister and a younger sister and a younger yeah. brother. But um, it's, you know, some, of course, a lot of my life, mum was ill, but I did get to experience quite a lot of... You had a lot of memories. I, I, I do a have... a lot of things I, you got to cherish yeah. upon her passing, is, which is genuinely is great. That's why sometimes I feel bad mentioning it to people who lost a parent at an older age because, you know... It sounds silly, but like I always think, who am I to complain? You know, you've got all these memories. You knew the person. It's awful for you. And it is. For me, sometimes I think maybe I was lucky to lose him at a young age because it stops me from suffering a loss that I feel would be much worse had I been older. Yeah. But then because I was so young and, you know, my mum said I was always obsessed with my dad. And then suddenly one day he doesn't come home. Yeah. I don't understand why. You know, I'm constantly asking mum, why is his car still here if he's not home? I'm, I'm a child. I'm yeah, yeah. And, you know, stuff like that does, it really does affect you as you get older. You might not realise it, but it does. And those are yeah. the traumatic experience that might trigger yeah. over something unnecessary or necessary. Um, how, how do you, well, I guess not a weird question, but how did you find you know, school and, you know, growing up as as a young guy, you know, going on from second uh, primary school to secondary school without having that figure, you know, because it must have been, I, I can't imagine too many, I mean, not many people have lost at someone yeah. at my age, yeah. let alone, you know, four years old. So I knew a couple, there were one or two people I think I knew from school who had also lost a parent, whether I was close to them, I can't really remember. Um, it was very weird. Because yeah. I was, the school I went to had 30 kids per class. Yeah. And, you know, we, we all grew up together from the age of like five to, is it 10 or 11 when we leave school? Yeah. And then I joined a school of 300 kids. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many people there. And I did always find it weird that, how come they've all got parents, yeah. you know? I thought this was, I don't know, I thought it was more common to have yeah. lost a parent yeah. already at that age. And apparently it wasn't. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we've always had like three cats in our house. Yeah. So when I was super, super young, I thought every family had three cats. Yeah, of I course. just thought that's, yeah, that's, I thought that was the that's thing. That's the norm. You know, yeah, you have three cats and two dogs. So then like... you discover that they don't have three cats. They've got this big beast that keeps barking. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I love all animals now. But, uh... <laughs> no, you have to put that in. <laughs> now I love animals <laughs> before this. <I> know. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird joining a school and finding out that I was not, I'm not going to speak for others, obviously, but I, of who I knew, the only one without a parent. Yeah. Um, and it was tough, but I was always quite a confident kid. I was very, yeah. I've always had a bit like, I was talkative, I've always had a bit of gift of the gab, I guess they call it. Um, so I, I did enjoy school for the most part. Yeah. But there were definitely some things that I needed a father on in school that. Yeah. My mum, as much as she tried to help, couldn't because she's 
a mother. She is my mother and my father. Yeah. But you they you kind of adopt that role. Yeah. But she is my mother, yeah. not my father. Yeah. Or the male role, I guess I should say. Um Yeah. Definitely some things I needed, but you know, not having a father figure, there is a lot of things I had to learn on my own, a lot of things yeah. I had to teach myself. And that's why always in school, I was very like, oh, what if this person doesn't like me? What if that? I, I wanted people to like me. Yeah. And that took me a long time to realize. Yeah. Um, and you know, now I, I'm very like, you know, I've lost a lot of people over the years. Now yeah. I, I truly love the people that I keep close to me. Yeah. And I'll cut out anyone who I think is just toxic and yeah. doesn't bring out the best in me. Yeah. And I think that was through the loss of my father that yeah. I do that because oh, I, d- I can't explain why. Well, what I mean, what I, my, my interpretation would be, you know, how when you do lose someone and when you, when you, you know, lose a massive part of your life, you kind of realize how there's no point giving, you know, because you, you know, you only have a fi- of people yeah. who aren't giving it back. You have a finite or... amount of energy. And what's the point in, um, you know, giving your energy to people who don't deserve it, you yeah. know, and there are, you know, there are your immediate circle and people who, who are close to who deserve your love and deserve your, you know, your, your, your full attention. But apart, you know, you don't, everyone doesn't need to like you. And, you know, it, it gets to the point where that took me a very long time. It does. It does. And, you know, even now, it, you know, something I still, you know, it, it's still a, a concept now where, um, I'm still kind of learning to deal with. And, it, yeah. it, you know, it, sometimes I, I think as you get older, that as, as you mature, it, it's something that, um, you know, and I think it's something I do think about and how, um, because life, you know, it has its end date and there is, yeah. and, and something that this, that mum's passing has shown me is, you know, life, you don't know when, when, you know, your clock runs out. You don't know when. You might have, you know, a set date like people with cancer, you know, you, I guess you are given time to prepare yeah. for that. And yeah, sometimes you, some days you could just wake up and your whole world is flipped upside down, yeah. which I do totally get. And with that knowledge, you know, it's the way I see, you know, to live a life is to live, I don't want to say your best life, but live a life how you and your 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 mom or your your dad would have want, would yeah, want you to live. Yeah, which is exactly what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I, no longer do I want to live a life where I'm just trying to impress the people around me. That yeah. is a very, very, is it, I think it's called codependency, but that's a very... You will never be happy if you live your life no. trying to get everyone around you happy and not yourself, yeah. which is what I've been trying to do. You know, I'm definitely the healthiest and happiest I've been in a long time. But yeah. am I like happy, happy? No, yeah. but that's that, that's fine. That's going to take me years to find. And yeah. I'm prepared to yeah. find it. Yeah. You know, but then I've also had my very bad times you know addiction's always been a big thing for me yeah. which is one thing i've been very quiet on about telling people you know yeah. i started smoking weed at the age of 15 yeah and through that i numbed out so many feelings being yeah. high was my normal personality i was yeah. high literally besides when i'd go to school yeah just all the time yeah and why was that was that 
Mate, I don't know. Firstly, the addictive personality. You know, I started smoking cigarettes at 15 as well, and everyone in school used to be. And you know, now that I'm older, rightly so, I used to be so insulted by it all the time, but I was 15 years old, I was smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I know people who started smoking younger. I know people who started smoking at an older age. I yeah. am very fortunate now to have given up smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Um, it was kind of hard, but... Yeah, addiction's always been a big thing for me. And that's yeah. always affected my mental health. I don't know if it relates to the lossing of my father. The reason I think it do I do is because obviously when you kind of start to not come to terms, but realize the inevitable or what's actually what's happened, you find something that numbs you out. Yeah. So for me as a kid, it was, I loved my PlayStation 2 yeah. and my DS. You know, I loved all of that stuff. I was on a 24 7 Mario Kart, yeah? <laughs> you don't joke about Mario Kart. <laughs> a little drifting on the Mario Kart. Mate, I love it. Back in the day. Little red DS I had on. Mate, don't worry I about that. Yeah, I had a red DS as well, funny enough. <laughs> um, but that's, as a kid, that's how I numbed it out. As well as if I'd go to school, it would be socially. So once I got to secondary school, I was a very, very social kid. Yeah. I hated being at home on my own. But always have friends over or be at someone's house. It's little things, well, I say little, but it's kind of big things like that that numb you out from the pain. Then when I was 15, I don't even know how it ended up happening, but I started smoking weed. And I, I was kind of a rebellious kid, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The fact that I knew I shouldn't be doing it made it so much more fun. Okay. You know, it's uh, it's reverse psychology, yeah. I guess. The fact that I knew I shouldn't be doing it just made it yeah. better. So, you know, I had friends who smoked it as well. As other friends got older, they slowly started to smoke it. I, at the age of 21, I did stop smoking it. Yeah. It got to a point where I realized it had been six years of me smoking it pretty much every single day of my life, except for that one month I went on tour, which that was a fantastic month. And it only took me a couple years later to realize it's because I did the whole thing sober. Yeah. I did the whole thing, you know, not yeah. high off my nut all the time. Yeah. Um, so obviously, as soon as I got back, first thing I did was <laughs> yeah. go to my room, spark fat joint, <laughs> had half of it and passed out for six hours. And yeah. that was after sleeping for the five hour. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, I, I do have fond memories of it. It's made me the man I am today, I guess. But it was always numbing things out. Yeah. Always. Even in school, you know, I failed all my GCSEs, most of my GCSEs because I didn't revise. I was just smoking weed yeah. the whole time. And then I look at my results and I can't understand why I haven't passed. Yeah. It's because I was smoking fucking weed the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then at 21, I just stopped smoking. It yeah. started, the older I was getting, the more money I was wasting on it. I just, I had been thinking about it for so long that I started to get like weird, not heart palpitations, yeah, heart palpitations, like through anxiety, because as I'd come to the end of that joint, I was, I knew I shouldn't be doing this anymore. I've got to give this up. And one day I woke up, went to roll a joint, and I just thought, nah, I'm probably going to get those weird heart oh, really? palpitation things again. I, and it's just not comfortable anymore. Okay. I'm just not going to have one now. Rolled one, and that's why I had it there, and I just didn't smoke it for the whole day. Okay. Didn't have one for three days. Tried one... Three days later, it did not put me in a good place. Yeah, yeah, of And course. I have been, I want to say clean from it literally yeah. ever since. Okay. And do I think weed is bad? 
N- not at all. I yeah. am fully supportive of weed. I think the benefits of it are amazing if you're open to the benefits and you, I guess, kind of know what you're yeah, doing in life. Course. You know, if you're just sitting at home every single day, wasting money, smoking weed, not getting up. Yes, there is probably a deep reason behind that. It's not just you being lazy because I I don't really believe in laziness. No. I think you're unmotivated. Yeah. Um. I think weed is an amazing thing, but it depends on how you handle it. Of For course. me, I was just very addicted. I used to numb out the pain. But is that something you would think about? Would you think about smoking weed to numb out the pain or is that something you kind of just realize now like I, I, every now and again yes sometimes i'd be feeling really down i'd be like oh i'm just gonna and is that down time. from mental health or is that down maybe mental health maybe a certain situation or an argument with a friend or my mum. yeah it could be anything but because i would always you know wake up have a joint have one before i go to bed i couldn't sleep without it i even if i didn't have something going on i would have smoked it anyway so it just became so normal for me um that's why i realized i've been stoned off my nuts since like the age of 15 to 21 i do and that's my childhood you know yeah i want to try life it sounds a bit cheesy but like i want to try life without it i want to try sobriety because as much as you think you know, you're smoking weed every single day. You you become so numb to the weed itself that yeah. you're not high anymore. You're just you. You stop getting high. It just turns you into you. Yeah. And it morphs your personality. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to stop. Um, but then I had a bit of a tricky relationship with alcohol as well. Yeah. And for me, that was, this was in about, I say a nine to six month period. This was my lowest by far or yeah. bottom. I was, I wasn't at a job. I was very, very depressed. And, this is, I had just started therapy. I, I, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no motivation. I was just really unhappy. Yeah. And I remember it got to a point where I actually couldn't afford to get myself just a score of weed. So I was like, oh, what makes a cigarette feel better? Yeah. Vodka. <laughs> so when I'd gone down to the shops, I got myself a small bottle of vodka. Um, and this, this is when I knew I had hit, like, I don't, I've never told anyone this before. Yeah. This is when I knew I'd hit rock bottom, got home pour myself a little drink then it was normal because i was like 19 i can't remember 19 or 20 um pour myself a little drink it was a sunny summer's day and i was relaxed you know it was just a drink sunny summer's day to really put the mood in (laughs) which it did so i didn't see a problem with it but one drink turned into two two turned into three a small bottle turns into a big bottle and it wasn't a long period of my life but it wasn't a good period of my life. No. But I just started drinking every day. And, you know, I didn't need rehab. It wasn't that bad. But, like, it was affecting the people around me. It was yeah. affecting my family. It got to a point where I felt like I couldn't go in without having a drink. Okay. So the day after my dad's uh, site death day, the 20th of May, I woke up on the 21st and was like, I'm done. I'm not okay. drinking anymore. And that week was the ho- probably one of the hardest weeks in my life. Yeah. And I have no memory of it. Yeah. It was so sunny. The whole week I was in bed every single day, fully, what's the word? Not uh, not relapsing. Withdrawal symptoms. Well, yeah, I had really bad withdrawal symptoms. I yeah. was ill. I was sweating. I was shaking. Yeah. Because I, was, I had been drinking a lot of vodka for about, yeah. and it was, it was just vodka for about yeah. six months, I want to say. Yeah. That was a hard week, and I yeah. don't remember recovering at all. And no. I know that was weed had officially 
stop numbing out the pain because I was like almost immune to it. Yeah. So I needed something stronger. Oh, you, you built up your you build up your immunization, yeah. don't you? It's it's one of those things. I think you know I've never been someone to you know do um, you know uh, smoke or drink or yeah. you know touch drugs, and you know, that's probably because. Um, well, you know, I I I do uh, I do drink, but the, the, dabble with the, some alcohol. Yeah, you know, I touch <laughs> upon that, but it 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 has very adverse effects, and I do really it it really doesn't benefit my mental like health. Like yeah, there, there that's are another reason why I stopped. Yeah, it was just as I said, my mental health was in shambles. Yeah, so when I you know. I literally become immune to the weed. So I started drinking. Then I put the two together. And, you know, I thought I was in heaven, but I wasn't. I was the complete fucking opposite of heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, that's quite a stretch. I mean, that's the opposite. Yeah, true. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I, 20th of May, about three, four years ago, I just woke up and, you know, it wasn't like I just woke up. Yeah. It wasn't like with the weed. It wasn't like I woke up and decided I'm going to stop everything. It was like hours of therapy, chatting for ages with mum, realising, like, I would black out quite badly on alcohol. And that was obviously a true red flag. I got to stop drinking. You know, I would just, there were, where I'd go out with friends, it was always accidental, of course. But, you know, once you're drunk, you continue to drink. You don't think about how drunk you're getting because it's normal to be holding a drink. Yeah. And next thing I know, I've woken up at home with no fucking idea how I got home. Yeah. My friends are pissed at me within good reason because I did something stupid or, you know, I blacked out again, which, yeah. you know, I've always, I always said sorry to them because yeah. at the time, I don't think they knew, but then obviously I've got my group of friends. They know yeah. who they are. Um, well, I told, and they were all, you know, I told them about my mental health, my alcohol addiction and they were all so supportive genuinely yeah. you know it would be times in the summer where we'd all be chilling and this is when i refused to stop it was still a bit hard for me and there'd be drinks there but i can't ask them to not do things for me yeah you know as much it would have been nice but so i, I don't you know i'm not hateful of it at all you know yeah. it's my problem not theirs and i shouldn't put that burden on them which i tried very hard not to do you know now i miss them all i don't see them as much because i just kind of I needed to a bit of self-discovery. They're my family. They've been my best friends for like seven years. But yeah. I needed something new. So I still see them all the time. I love them dearly. Um, but Einstein says, Albert Einstein says that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting a different result. Yeah. And when I heard that, that really stuck with me. Yeah. Because I was, you know, I'd been smoking weed every day. I was going insane. I just started drinking every day. I was going insane. I needed to do, I needed to try new things. I needed to start going to the gym. Yeah. You know, just have time to myself. And it worked. It really did. Yeah. You know, with my addictive personality, I became addicted to the gym. I go at least i try to go four to five times a week i mean you're looking week. pretty big though Cheers, i can't man. lie <laughs> <laughs> well i was quite fat before i started going i'm very yeah. i was a very skinny kid yeah so when i stopped drinking and smoking what did i replace that with food which i didn't even mean to it just i just looked in the mirror one day and i was just big yeah. and it got to a point where if i hadn't seen a friend in ages the friend i would see that friend with had to pre-warn and be like i'm just letting you know he's gone fucking fat like yeah. just just don't be shocked yeah so i find it funny <laughs> but i can laugh about it because i did what i could i changed yeah. myself you know i was unhappy and 
like with my mental health, I'm trying to change myself. And that's the most important thing. Well, so now, yeah. life's all about, you know, spotting those... Fixing yourself. Fixing yourself, you know. Nothing changes overnight, but it's something... Patience. The long game is the most important thing. Exactly. It's all about the long game and just having, I guess... I mean, I don't necessarily in life have an end goal. I have... I have goals, you know, I have small goals that I want to achieve, you know, whether that is myself or that is through life. You know, I don't, but I, and I think that that's the way that, you know, that, that makes me happy. If I have a small goal and I reach it, then I make another goal and I reach it rather than having, you know, it, you know, if someone says to you when you were smoking, you know, however much you were smoking or drinking, however much yeah. you were drinking, so I says, right, tomorrow you're going to stop and never drink again. That almost seems like an unattainable task. It scares the hell out of you. Yeah. Immediately, your heart sinks. Like, yeah. how can I live my life without alcohol? Yeah. Which is obviously quite a stretch. But, you know, now, for instance, I, I thought drinking is such a social thing. I don't want to be so, you know, battling alcoholism so profusely i want to be able to overcome it but i want to be able to still drink yeah. socially or if i go on a date or a work thing you know so now genuinely i do not like alcohol anymore because every time i think about it i think of the associations the associations the silly things i did the things yeah. i could have done just who you know the people i guess i hurt not physically of course um so now I just, I have a couple of pints, you know, I'm very, very controlled with alcohol, but yeah. it's not like I'm sitting there, you know, like, oh, maybe if I just have, like, I mean, it's not like that yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. I'll just drink as much as I need to. If I start to feel drink, drunk, I'll just stop. And that took me ages to get used to, but I'm very happy. I, I can do that now. Yeah. I know people think it's wrong. People think, you know, once you've got an addiction and you're clear of that addiction, you need to stay safe from it because you can always relapse. Yeah. But I don't agree with that yeah. because I think that if you're strong enough, you can live a you can live a life how you want to live it. I yeah. don't think I'll relapse, and I haven't. Okay, it's as simple as that. So well, not as simple as that. <laughs> See, you know, it's up, mate. Addiction. I completed it, mate. <laughs> it was not fucking simple. Yeah, completed it, mate. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I now, think uh, you know. with anything, you know your own body, and you know you understand yourself more than anyone it's more else. More of does. a mind thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and all I can really say is, you know, um, I mean, you, you you touched on that, you, you know, you spoke to your mates about these things. And is that something you found hard, you know, being yes. a guy and whether that is with your addiction or, or you know, the, the passing of your, your dad or whatever you are experiencing? Have you found the, the idea of being a man and talking to other men, whether that is mates, you know, how, how have you found that to be See, difficult? That is quite weird because I... I've always been quite confident growing up, as I said. So if I believe I'm right about something, I believe I'm right. And if I'm proven wrong, I will say, fair enough, you're right. You know, yeah. if someone's going to just argue for the sake of arguing because they're upset they're wrong, that's childish. I'm a man. I'll admit when I'm wrong. And I like to learn new things. I Talking to my friends was hard because, you know, everyone wants to... You want people to know you're in a good place. Yeah. And... I've I've always thought be kind to everyone because you have no idea what's going on yeah. behind closed doors. Even if you know you're working in retail and that prick comes in and she's shouting at you for a refund, he's an asshole. But you don't know what's going on behind closed yeah. doors. You know, just be kind. And my mates were kind. My mum was the most supportive woman during everything which, again, I'm truly grateful to her for. My sisters were very, you know, they were getting irritated, but they were extremely supportive. Yeah. But they're going to get irritated. I don't, you know, fair enough. 
But then when it comes to kind of, I guess, talking to men, it's very like, I see myself on equal footing. I see yeah. myself as an adult. I believe what I say. I try to learn new things. Yeah. I take advice from people that I truly believe is good advice. And I don't listen to what I think is silly. Yeah. So like if, you know, I'm talking to, I don't know, a wise old man and he comes out with something that I just think is stupid. Yeah. You know, I will think about it for ages. I won't immediately be like, well, you're an idiot. Yeah. I'll think about it for ages because I trust my own opinion. Yeah. And I guess that's where, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> no, I just, I, it was about um, speaking to a guy. Men. Men. I feel like I've got a lot of advice to give. Yeah. I did a lot of things on my own, but then there are people who did as well. Yeah. They can listen to me. They don't have to. I think I've got a lot of good advice. You know, I... There isn't much to say, really. No, I mean, is, there isn't much. I think it's just sometimes it, it can be difficult to, you know, that that element of of emotional vulnerability can be hard for some to get their head around. But it, it takes a it, long time, of course. Um, but yeah, honestly, mate, really enjoyed today's conversation. It was so did I, man. Honestly, fantastic. I love what you do here. I genuinely think it's incredible. Thank you, thank you. Like it, it, it's so interesting, obviously how different everyone's perspective is. And it's just nice to really, you know, talk about, you know, loss and, and yeah. other elements of life that really need to be spoken about because they do, you know, they're, they're part of life. And, you know, like as we touched on, life isn't all sunshines and rainbows. You'll never get over a loss by bottling it up or anything, really. Yeah. Therapy is the most important thing and talking yeah. to others, ones that who are truly there for you. That yeah. Is. Um, before... I mean, I always wrap it up on this note. And yeah. um, if you do, yeah. And that is, you know, if you were to have a conversation with your father again, what is it you'd say? I'd let him know that I don't know if I need a conversation, but a message would even suffice. Yeah. You know, I'd let him know that I'm happy. I'm eating well. I'm doing everything I can to become a good and decent human being. I do my work, I help out as much as I can, and I hope that it's good. It's good. I hope he's happy with it. I hope it's good yeah. enough, not just for him, but for everyone else. Yeah. And I, I obviously, it, a conversation goes two ways. I don't know what his response would be, but I'd hope that he'd tell me I'm doing well yeah. and that just to continue on the way I am and that he's proud. And that would genuinely mean the world to me. Well, honestly, mate, again, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you for having me, bro. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and we can call that a wrap. I just want you to find your truth and stick to it. I know you'll be okay. I know it. In the bottom of my heart, I know it. I love you, Baba.